Yo, 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 y'all know what it is. It's the boy Malik Dibbs. You carrying, you are here tapped in at the Nerd Podcast. All right. This is episode five. Right. Before we get started, I want to thank everybody, everybody that's been paying attention to the podcast. Our numbers keep going up every week, man. We just keep dropping fire. Right. So, you know, I appreciate everybody that stepped in and tapped into it. Um, it's keeping it going forward and keeping the culture going forward. Um, once again, this is a podcast about hoop. We talk a lot of, a lot of things about hoop, what's going on in the hoop world. Um, we haven't really touched on the NBA and all that type of stuff, man, because there's too many programs that do that. So we focus on the essence of the hoop, man. We take it back to the essence, to the nitty-gritty. Um, we keep it real. We keep it raw. We don't sugarcoat anything. Um and that's just how it is, man. That's how that's how the Hoop Nerd Podcast is, and that's how it's gonna be um, going forward. Like I said, man, the numbers continue to go up. We continue to grow. We continue to get better. We continue to develop things to keep the podcast intriguing, and when they get, make sure your interest is still in full effect. Um, so yeah, I want to say thank you to everybody, man. Like I said, it is it's humbling that we continue to grow. It's humbling that we continue to. Add more viewers and things that next year every week. So that's dope. I apologize for my tardiness. Okay, you know we usually drop on Mondays for the Nerd Podcast. Had a lot of coaching responsibilities this weekend, and I've been a little under the weather, so I didn't didn't get a chance to record the content and drop the content. So I apologize for my tardiness. It wasn't on purpose, but like every episode, man, we gonna get started and jump right into it. Okay. We always start with the most disrespectful play of the week. All right? I have a funny one for you guys, okay? Now, I know the last four, they've been real serious. The dudes dunking on them and things of that nature. And that's all cool and all well and done, okay? But the most disrespectful play of the week this week got to be a funny one, all right? And it comes from a brother and sister combination, okay? I'm done talking. I'm just going to show you all, man. So big sister is playing one on one against her little brother. He following, he hacking, he posting, get a bucket, and one. And the reason this is most disrespectful, okay, is because that's look at everything that the sister has to go through to get this bucket, okay? Little brother's grabbing on her, tugging her, elbowing her. She turned and hit him with an old school. She killed on little elbow to the face. Well, she gets a bucket, right? That's why it's no disrespectful play of the week. Because she literally little boy her little brother, all right? Through all the fouls, she didn't complain at once. She didn't sit there and say, stop fouling me, stop grabbing me. She figured a way to get a bucket, right? And that is why this is the most disrespectful play of the week. I'm just saying, you gotta you gotta find a way, right? She didn't complain. She didn't say stop following me. She didn't look at him and say that's hacking. She found a way to get a bucket through the fouls, through the grabs, through the tugs. She said, "You're gonna catch this elbow, little brother, and little baby, little brother." So she gets the most disrespectful play of the week, right? Now, now, before we, we get, get into that, that topic, we got to pay the bills, okay? We have to pay the bills. So, 
This episode of the Hoopler Podcast, that's our episode yeah. of the Hoopler Podcast, is sponsored by yours truly, the Negro Athlete Brand. Right? You can find all your Hoop Nerd content, Hoop Nerd merch, Negro Athlete Brand, here at the If you just riding the bike, exercising, driving in your car, and guess what? You want to get some real life down to earth, nitty gritty hoop facts? Why not tap into the NegroAthleteBrand.com, hit podcast section, download the latest Hoop Nerd podcast, and you want to wait. I'm just saying, it's easy like that. So, like I said, man, make sure y'all tap into the NegroAthleteBrand.com, tap all your Hoop Nerd merch, the NegroAthlete merch, or you just go off for the content and the podcast. A dope way to get our most content and get our podcast over there at the Negro Independence. So there you have it, man. Now let's get to the nitty gritty, okay? All our topics been kind of heated and you know, real fun and loving and touching and feeling. Uh, we've been getting to the essence. We've been keeping it real. Um, and I, I, a lot of people are telling me, like, oh, Malik, you're talking about the players, you're talking about the trainers. What about these coaches? What about the coaches? And I just sit there and I was like, well, are you going to test face about the coaches? Yeah, we don't have from nothing that the Hoop Nerd podcast. Okay? One thing we, we take pride in is we're going to keep it real. We're going to keep it honest. Right? We don't sugarcoat anything. We're not going to sit there and just... Act as if coaches don't have flaws or things like that sure we do. But there's type of coaches that you have to deal with, okay? So we're going to break these coaches down, okay? First thing we, 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 we talk about is the spectating coach, okay? We're talking about the spectating coach. People are like, oh, you know, the spectating coach, who is that? The spectator coach is somebody that played, paid their money to come into this game to observe not the players, but observe you as a coach and what you're doing wrong. Okay? Now, these spectator coaches, like I said, the key is they paid their money. All right? They paid their money. They came in to say, you know what? I want to enjoy the game. But I also want to criticize the coach and what he's doing. So this spectator coach is a fan that's always yelling from the stands. Coach, you need to do this. Coach, you need to make this sub. Coach, you need to make this player. Coach, you need to make this adjustment. Right? And these individuals have the same opportunities that you had as a coach to apply for the job. Right? right now, now I'm, I'm solely speaking on the middle school, high school aspect right now. We're going to triple up the line for the colleges and the professionals, right? But these individuals come to the game, they paid their money. They came and paid their money, their hard-earned money, just to come to the game to critique you. Right, right, on what you're doing right or what you're doing wrong. Right. right. And these individuals may have some type of basketball background. 
They may have some input when it comes to the game of basketball. They may have some distinct knowledge of the game of basketball. But it's easier to make those decisions where there's no pressure on you in the stands. It's easy to say what you would do, what play you would run, what different scheme you would run when you're in the stands. You're not pressured in the stands. In the stands, there's no pressure. In the stands, there's no whatever decision you make in your head and yell out of the coach. It's not going to affect your win loss record. Now, these, now coaches these coaches don't spend, don't spend the, the time of day that individuals that are coaching the program, guiding teams, putting in game plans, right? They're not staying up hours in the night, looking over opponents' strengths and weaknesses. They're not uh, breaking out by stacking film, cutting clips, sending to the players, showing what will work and won't work. These individuals are only going based off the current game that they're seeing at the current moment in time. And remember what I said, they distinctly came to the game just to critique you as a coach. That's the only reason they came to the game. See, these spectator coaches, is just the title that they have. They're spectators and they're coaching. They're coaching from the sideline. I'm sorry, they're coaching from the stands and the bleachers. I apologize. Like, that's what they're doing. So it's easy to say what you'll do where there's no pressure. It's easy to say what you'll do where you have no skin in the game. A win or loss doesn't matter to you because you can't get fired at the end of the day being a spectator coach. You can't. So a spectator coach, it don't even matter. And then other coaches that put the time in, like, we don't even pay attention to y'all. Because, because as much as you would like to critique us and what we should do and what we shouldn't do, you have the same opportunity to apply for this position as I did. You have the same opportunity. We, we didn't just say, oh, we're going to give him a job. No. There's a hiring process. You put your application in. You put your coaching philosophies in. See, that, what, they, what they start to realize these spectator coaches is it's a whole process before you get to this position being on the sideline. It's a whole process. They don't just hire you because you want to you have a job. No, it don't work that way. So, just as much as we had to put the work in, we had to apply for the position. We had to have our references for the position. We had to have background checks for the position. We had to put in our cultural philosophies for the position. You had the same opportunity to do the same thing. So instead of you coming to the game to be a spectator coach, 
Come to the game and watch the game and cheer on the individuals that you want to see be successful. Not the moralizing, the mean, the coach that's putting the time, energy, and effort in for these kids to be successful. Right? So, yeah, we're going to talk about these coaches, so we label the first one as a spectator coach. The coach. Well, if I was, if I was there, we would do this. If I was there, Johnny would be starting. If you were there and you had to make those decisions, you'd be fired at the year. Or you'll quit. Either one. You're going to get fired at the year or you're going to quit. So understand that dynamic. Understand it. You're going to be a spectator, be a spectator. You're going to be a coach. Make sure you go through all the guidelines there is to be a coach and make your application and see if you can possibly change the dynamic of what's going on. But if not, be a spectator, be a fan. See when things go right. When things go wrong, we're okay with that. But as coaches, don't don't try to tell us what we should do. And you ain't never been in this position of predicament at all. You've never had the, the opportunity to make an in-game adjustment. And then you from the sideline of coaching. Yeah, well, this coach don't know what he's doing. This coach got 20 years of experience. This coach has won numerous championships. And I'm speaking of hypotheticals. This coach has played the game. He has real-life experiences. Why wouldn't they know what they're doing, he or she? Why wouldn't they? Like I said, spectator coaches, it's easier for you to say what you would do when there's no pressure upon you. See, the, the, game, is, the game of basketball and the, and the coaching realm, okay, that's the coaching, not even the player. We take the players out, right? And the game of basketball, from a coaching perspective, is like chess. Every move has to be strategic. We can even take it more from chess and like boxers. You got to know counters. You got to know adjustments. So from a coaching perspective, that's what we're doing. We're trying to figure out these weaknesses that we see that the opposing team has as if the same thing they're trying to do with us. Same thing. So yes, it is easy to be a spectator coach. It's easy to be up in the stands and make these decisions in your head what you would do. And guess what? Probably a 75 to 85% chance. If you was on the sideline, the decision that you make won't work. What's next? Back to the drawing board. Can you make can you make that adjustment? Can you make that adjustment when, when things don't go right? Can you make that adjustment? When you put something in and put it in your head, it's all this gotta work, it's gonna work. And then don't work. 
What's next? The lot of spectator coaches can't do that. Y'all, y'all can't, can't make that in-game adjustment, adjustment when things don't go right, right. and counter with another adjustment. adjustment. So, so again, again, thank you for your five dollars. Thank you for your ten dollars. Even going to pro, thank you for your twenty dollars. Thank you for your hundred and fifty, two hundred, two thousand dollars to come watch the game. We appreciate that. Appreciate it. But be a spectator and be a fan. You didn't pay to come to the game to be a coach. Right? So we talked about our, our spectator coaches. Right? There are the, the, the family slash parent coaches. Now, these coaches are, are amazing. Okay? The, the family, the parent slash family coaches might be, you know, the, the, the best coaches that they can possibly be. Right, because these, these coaches, coaches are solely about my baby. baby. These, these are, are the my baby, baby coaches. coaches. Right. right, and it's and these, the, the family, family coaches, coaches and the my baby coaches, coaches is what we call them. Solely, solely about, about what benefits my child only. only. It's not it's about not the team. team. It's not about the program. It's not about the organization. It's about my baby. Okay. okay. These, These coaches, coaches don't see the negative of what their child, child is doing. They only pick out the positives that they're doing. Let's think about this. These coaches, the parent coaches, the family coaches, aunties, uncles, cousins, nieces, grandma, granddad, great grandma, godmom, that that all ties into the family coaches. Okay. And when I say they only focus on what the child is doing, I mean that. They only focus on what my baby is doing positive and nothing that they're doing negative. These coaches are the coaches that yell from the stands and only speak directly to their child. So listen to me. They only speak directly to the child and only talk about the coach out loud. Well, think about that. They speak directly to the child and talk about the coach out loud. We all we all have seen these family coaches, right? In the game, and they're like, my child's not getting enough shots. Touch says, you got to shoot the ball. You got to shoot more. Take it to the basket. Come on. Wide open, you got to shoot that shot. You, you, call your car. You keep things to get benched. They get benched doing that. They only talk to their child. They talk, they talk to their child. child. That's what they, so do. they do. Come on. Such and such. such. You got to hit that, that shot. shot. Your team's team not doing nothing. nothing. Take, Take over. over. Do what, what you got to do. do. Get to the basket. They follow you every time. No, they're not. 
See, the family coaches only see the benefits in their child. It's, it's forget the team aspect of it. And we don't care about the team aspect. We don't care about that. It's legitimately about my baby. Only my baby. Everything is emphasis on what my baby can do. That's the emphasis. It's not it's about not team about success. success. It's about it's individual, individual success. success. When we're dealing, dealing with, with the my baby. baby. The, the main, main focus, focus is what my child can do. What I want to see my child do. Right? right. So, so what like I said, said we're, we're, they're, they're coaching, coaching their son directly from the sideline. Which is also interfering with what the coaches have to say. How many times you guys have seen or you guys have been the coach. Right? To see, to see a, your, your kid, kid getting coached, coached by his parents, parents or one of his family in the stand, stand looking in the stands, stands at the same, at the same time, time as you're trying to tell them direction. direction. Think about Think that as a coach. coach. Think about Think that. You're trying, trying to, coach to coach a team. team. You're sitting here. here. Doing your, your job, job, which you're getting paid, paid for, your vigilance. For, for your, your players player to look in the stands while you're coaching to their parents. parents. As, as at the, the same, same time, time you're trying, trying to provide, to provide them and the team with direction. Parents, family members, y'all being a distraction at that time. I'm guilty of doing that as well. So that's the thing. I can take ownership for things that I do as well. I, I got a 13-year-old. Like my, like my son, my other son, I love him to death. He had a terrible coach one time. Coach ain't know what he was doing. I started coaching my kids from the sideline. I told myself, man, now I'm turning into one of them. Turning into one of them now. I'm turning into a, a, a parent coach, a family coach. But what, what I'm doing is, is taking the power away from that coach. You entrusted your child to be with this program, this coach, this high school, this organization, whatever it is. You entrusted this individual to take full responsibility of your child's athletic career. You, you did. You entrusted them. So a lot of coaches to do their job. I have to struggle with that as well. I, I think I think I know the game pretty well, right? I, I studied the game, I played the game at a high level, uh, recruited the game, everything under the sun, right? I, I did that, but I have to allow this coach to do his job if I entrusted my child with this program, this organization, this school, this university. Whatever, this professional team, I have to allow my child to be coached. Because if I continue to throw my two cents in and distract my child, two things is happening. I'm taking the power away from that coach. My son will be on the pine. So old terminology, that means the bitch. 
New kids now get the nice little seats with the cushion. We can we can say that. But I'm taking that power away, and at the same time, I'm allowing my child the opportunity to sit that pond. Because kids are going to be kids. We tell our kids, you listen to me, you listen to your parents. You listen to your parents every chance you get. Listen to your parents. You respect others, you respect adults. Right? So when it's game time and a coaching, a coaching uh, round, your child is disrespecting his coach because he's listening to his parent. That's what you instilled in them. That's what you told them. You told them, listen to your parents and every chance you get. Listen to your parents. Listen to your parents. You're right. But also, you got to allow other individuals to coach your child if you entrust that, that you entrust your child with them. You have to. You as a parent, you're from the stands. You're from, you know, the sidelines, from the bleachers. You're now taking the power away from that coach. Now we're going to a fight within that child. Should I listen to my coach? Or should I listen to my mom and dad or my guardian, my auntie, my uncle, my grandma? And in turn, dealing with me, the child would be on a bitch. So now you just hurt your child because you want to be that parent coach, that family coach. Now you're on a bitch. What you gonna do now? You gonna try to stay here and blame the coach that well it was coach's fault. No, it wasn't coach's fault, it was your fault. It was your fault. Right? So those 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 are the those are the family coaches. Okay. Now now we go into all around the coach, the the high school, college, professional, okay? We'll stick to high school, okay? We'll stick to high school, okay? Well, I think we relate to. All right. When you first start your high school season, before it starts, your AD tells you as a you as a coach, you in your program, you need to set up a parent meeting, right? So when this parent meeting. The coaches, you know, pretty much break down to the parents, their philosophies, their, the rules of the program, the guidelines of the program, the expectations of the program. Um, and just pretty much break down how they, how they see the season going and what's the expectations from him as a coach on parents and what parents expect out of them as a coaching staff. Right. So when you, when you start the season off as a coach, you're breaking down this is what my program is. These are my expectations from the parents in my program. These are my expectations from the kids, the players in my program, administration, and then this is what I expect out of you as parents. All right? So we break that down. And one of the key things we talked about is, in our program is, 
So that parents allowed me to coach your children for the three hours that I have them five days a week. So that's, that's, that's our primary thing we have, right? Allow us to help raise your young men in this athletic field for the three hours a day, five to six days a week that we have them. Right? Try expectations. So when so we, we come in and we put the time and the energy and effort, so I, I, I take me as, as an example, okay? You have different type of coaches. I'm the fiery coach, right? I'm fiery. I'm all over the place. I'm very emotionally invested. Um, I'm a cursor. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a yeller, but I also... Uh, the last, the thing, last I thing I always say to you is be positive. Because I'm a firm believer in coaching that you're going to listen to the first thing I said and the last thing I said. So the most important things I need to tell you, tell you need to be in the first couple of things, first couple of seconds, and the last couple of seconds. Right? You don't really care too much about the filler and the meat, but meat and potatoes in a minute as, in the middle as a player. Right? We're we going to be honest, honest right? right? I learned that right. early on as a coach, right? right? Even, Even as a player, player, you know, I listen to the first thing you say to me. I zone out the rest of it, and then I hear the last thing you say to me. Because you look at it even as a player, what did I just say? Right? Your player's attention span is short. Right? We have very short attention spans. Right? That's why the game of basketball, unlike football, you have to be able to get over it quick. Right? right, football. You get a tackle. Take about thirty seconds to a minute and gather yourself. Right back on the field. Basketball, you get a turnover. You got to spread down the floor, try to get a block. They score hard and get it in the game. Too fast pace. Right. So me with that time where I'm about to meet potatoes, I need to I need to focus on the first thing that you told me and the last thing you told me. So you, act like you, you as parents, right? Even when you ask the kid, what I just say, right? And I just use the analogy. They always say the first thing you said and the last thing you said. They can't tell you that you said in the middle, right? They hear, I'm gonna beat your ass with you, and then you might say a couple things in between. Now go clean up your goddamn room, right? Look at the parent, right? As a parent, you say. They hear, I'm going to beat your ass if you don't clean your room. They don't hear, they don't hear that. I told you for two weeks now you need to clean your room. I've been telling you, you still ain't listening. Right? Now go clean up your goddamn room. They don't hear that. I've been telling you for two weeks now. They don't hear that. They heard you say, I'm going to beat your ass if you don't clean up your room. Now go clean up your goddamn room. That's what they hear. So just like players. Right, if you right. miss a assignment, it's my job to tell you, hey, you can't get two feet above with that back door. That's how they play it. Anytime you get two feet above, they're going to back door you. So you got to make sure you're in defensive position. That don't matter how again. They ain't here to, you got to make sure you're in defensive position. They heard it You can't get two feet above, or they're going to back door. And they heard that. Now don't don't let it happen again. They ain't here the middle. Right? So, so as, as coaches, coaches 
right? We're sitting here trying to develop your child with an understanding and comprehension of the game of basketball. Basketball is like a class as well, right? Us as teachers, we are the expert of the class. Right? So as coaches, allow us to be the expert and the teacher and the instructor and the professor of this class, which is the game of basketball. We're teaching this class. Allow your student athletes to be students like they would be in a classroom with their teachers. You as a parent, right, the everyday parent, aren't going to go into a classroom if you don't have any type of educational teaching background and try to teach math. You're not going to go to this math teacher's job and say, hey, I'm teaching your class today. You're not going to go from the back of the room, son, that's the ex-component. That's the ex-component. You got to cut that fraction up. The Bible God too. Like you, you're not going to say that as a parent. Like as a parent, that's not what you're going to do. Not going to run in, not going to run into your your child's classroom and start trying to teach a class that you have no knowledge and no education in. Right? Take it further. If you have no type of experience to run a Fortune 500 company. And you, the postal worker in this Fortune 500 company, not going to go into your boss and say, hey, I want to be the executive today. What's your credentials? What's your experience? What's your knowledge? Like, those are all the questions that your superior is going to ask. Right? They're going to ask those questions. In the U.S. period, you're not going to do that. You're not going to sit there and go in that office and say, hey, I'm running this today. And you have no experience or knowledge of doing it. So don't do that to us as coaches. We have the time, the energy, the effort, the experience, the background to teach this course, which is the game of basketball. This is a course. Right? This is the core curriculum class that we're teaching. We're teaching you our program. We're teaching you our expectations. We're teaching you our rules, regulations, and guidelines. We're teaching you our terminology on things that might be similar to what some of these students have learned before, but it's a different terminology. Every level I've played at. Coaches have different terminology on some things that I already know and play things a little bit differently. That's just what they do. Right? So, as coaches, allow us to teach our class. Allow us to, you know, teach your student athlete. This is how our course works. This is how our class works. Right? And, and understand the different type of coaches you is. So, like I said, I'm a fiery coach, right? I'm that coach that's up, animated, pointing, talking, engaged. Like, that's me, right? I'm not for everybody as a coach. 
but I also learned as a coach within myself who I can be fired, yell at, or who I have to coddle to get the best out of that athlete. I learned that early on. I developed that early on. Right? I learned some of them I can yell at to get the best out of them. Some of them I have to sit there and talk to them like a five-year-old kid to get the best out of them. Coaching is about making adjustments not only on the, 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 the floor, but also off the floor. It's not only about the X and O's, it's also about the mental as well. But also, the coach is my job to challenge you to be successful, put you in positions of being uncomfortable to see how you make it out. Right? So, understanding that I'm a coach is I'm a fiery coach, okay? I'm a coach that loves defense. I always believe that my defense should impact my offense, right? I love, I love stops. stops. Right? Let's like, get a get stop. That's all your match at. Right? Don't let the individual score. He averaged 27 two. He better not get 10. I'm that coach that's going to challenge you. Right? I'm adamant. You ever seen me coach and been in any games of mine or learn about me? I'm I'm just, that's just me. That's who I am. Right? And that doesn't, that doesn't mean, mean that I'm that always, always right. Right? right? I don't mean I'm, I'm always, always right. right. I'm just engaged, engaged differently, differently right? right? I eliminate every coach, coach that I have been successful under. Right? right? I'm a coach that's, that's going to challenge you. I've been challenged by all my coaches in my life. I'm a cusser. All the coaches that I've been successful under have been cussers. To get the you best out of me. So you emulate the coaches that you, you didn't have that you got the best out of. Like, that's how coaching works. Right? You have your real chill, laid back coaches. Right? Who, who believe all that work is done in practice as far as preparation. And in the day, it's supposed to just flow. They're not fired. They're not standing up. They're not yelling. That doesn't mean they're not engaged. They just engage differently. See, people think because the coaches sitting down or not yelling or don't get technical fouls that that coach don't know what he's doing. Like that's how it's done. Some of these individuals like think. Like listen to that. Because you have some coaches don't yell, aren't firing, don't talk. They're not good coaches. That makes no sense. Makes no sense at all. Right? They're just, they're just taught different. They emulate what they were successful under. These are the colony coaches they were successful under. So, Allow them to coach the way they coach to still get the best out of the, their players. The hard thing, I'll tell you a secret about coaches. We, we hate being wrong. We're very stubborn. All right? Very stubborn. You know? A lot, a lot of coaches are about self, really. Right? A lot of coaches. Not all. A lot of coaches. But that's what makes us hard work and successful as well. Like, like assistant, assistant coaches, assistant coaches who are trying to go get 
head coaching jobs. They take pride in, you know, preparing a team to win. High school is about scouting, about the scout report, right? High school is like, hey, I did this scout. I did the scout to the best of my ability. We got the win on this scout. I am the reason we got to win, right? That's what, that's what some coaches, you know, think. Right? right, I did, I did this. this. Right? right, then you got you the coaches, coaches that, that we did this. We put together a scouting report. We put our players in position to be successful. successful. Right? right, I can I tell can you now, my high school coach staff, I'm on. I'm the firing one. My my coach now is a is a legend, Chandler Thompson. Not only in and in the end of basketball, but in NCAA, NCAA basketball, basketball, he a legend, a pure, pure legend. legend. Look up Chandler Thompson, Thompson when y'all get a chance, right? A legend knows the game off offensive genius, pro set, everybody under the sun. When he coach, he sit down. Our coaching staff, I'm the fiery one, but I'm also the young one. Fiery, but I'm the young one. Right? But also, I come from the East Coast background. Rock coaches are AFA, many gritty, standing up. Pushing our players, yelling at our players that we do it with love and respect. Right? So understand, every culture a child has is going to be different. You have to have your children have the ability to adapt to different styles. Every boss they have is going to be different. As parents, we have micromanagers and we have laid back bosses. Everybody's going to be different. Allow your child the ability to adjust to different individuals in their life. That's how you become a good successful. The same thing with coaching. Coaches, we got to make adjustments every day. Every game is a different adjustment. We can, we can as coaches, develop this phenomenal game plan for this upcoming game, and then within the first five or ten minutes, minutes it don't work. work. We got to be able to make an adjustment on the fly. fly. But that's, that's why, why we are the teachers, professors, professors in this classroom. Allow us as coaches to do that. As much as coaches are for self, we are also humble enough to say, you know what, whatever we're doing, we got to fix it. Majority of us are. We're humble, humble, humble enough to say, hey, we got to fix whatever we're doing. We got to fix it. In order to be successful, we got to change some things. So allow us the opportunity to do that. We are always right as coaches. We don't always get it right. We don't. Don't try to think we know that. But we get hired to handle this pressure. We study, we study the game to handle this pressure. pressure. 
We do the things we need to do day in, day out to handle this pressure. We scout day in, day out. We lose time with our family to focus on this game that we love and this team that we love. So the time and energy that we put in to be successful allow us the opportunity to try to gain the fruits of our labor. Parents, spectators, allow us as coaches the opportunity to coach your child. Allow us the opportunity to develop these young men and women to be successful way, successful way outside of these basketball goals and arenas. Allow us the opportunity. Like I said, if you're going to be a spectator, be a spectator. You're going to be a fan, be a fan. You're going to be a family member, be a family member. A parent, a parent. Your job is to come support your child. Your job is to come support the organization, the program, the high school, the university, the college, the professional organization, wherever your child is at and performing. Your job is, your job is to go be their fan. Go be their supporter. Allow us as coaches the opportunity to coach the youth that we have in our program. Don't let it be a fight of power between parent and coach. Because we're always going to lose that battle with coaches. We're always going to lose that battle. And then in turn, it's not going to hurt us. It will, it will in, the short, in the short term, but in the long term, it's going to hurt your child. Because that child goes from playing to being on the bench. So like I said in closing, a final thought, right? I call it the final thought, right? Post-game press conference. We're going to call it. Post-game press conference, okay? Coaches aren't always going to get it right. I can be 100% honest with that. We're not always going to get it right. We're not. We're going to make mistakes. But everybody does. Nobody in this world is perfect. By any means. Nobody. Nobody's perfect. But just remember... We are the teachers and the professors of this course. Your children are our student athletes. Allow us as coaches to teach this class. In practices, games, film sessions, allow us as coaches to be the, pre the teachers, the professors of this course. You, as parents, as fans, and supporters, that's what you be to them. Be their parent, be their fan, their supporter, their support system. Once we get those lines together and everybody know that role and responsibility, success happens. Success definitely happens. Once again, man, thank you guys for tapping into the Hoop Nerd Podcast, episode 5. John, John Cena, Cena Wade, you can't see me. me. Um, 
Once again, man, if you wanna you wanna know where you can get the content, get the merch at, man, I'm about to run a commercial for you. You can tap in at the NiggleAthletebrand.com. The universe be known. Here at the NiggleAthletebrand.com, you can get all your Negro Athlete merch, your Hoop Nerd merch. You also can download the final only version of the podcast on there as well. Yeah. You dig me? The universe be known. This is episode five. This is the Hoop Nerd Podcast. And we out. Hoop Nerd!